Welcome to the Hoopstradamus Podcast. I'm Adam Shalford, joined by my good friend Andrea Urban from Salt Lake City. Andrea, last time we talked, uh, well, <laughs> you said Jazz in seven. I said Nuggets in seven. Uh, it was a hell of a series. I think we were both winners. Technically, I was the winner, though. Yes. <laughs> so much so you were the winner. I mean, hey. But... But I don't think we expected what we saw out of that yeah. Jazz team. So that's why I consider myself a winner is only because, I mean, listen, we didn't expect the Jazz to go win us a title. Right. But I don't even know if we expected the Jazz to win us a playoff game. So to see a game seven and to see the battle royale between, you know, the two point guards and just all of that was just um, amazing. So you won. <laughs> but I'm a close, close second. Well, honestly, that one could have gone either way. And, you know, the Nuggets gave the Lakers more trouble than pretty much anybody. I would say they were the hardest test for the Lakers. And so uh, the fact that the Jazz went seven with the Nuggets, uh, I think is a compliment to them. And yeah, honestly, it seemed like both teams in particular, uh, as you mentioned, as we are kind of discussing before the show Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell just kind of went to different planets there Unbelievable. Uh, yeah what was that like really seeing the, that guy turn into a star yeah and here's the and here's the, it's so funny now because people from you know Illinois and Michigan and friends I have all over the nation they'll just like say to me like oh Salt Lake City do you know Donovan Mitchell like that's <laughs> like their immediate like thought because he has become such a superstar um you know, and we'll talk about this when we talk about what the Jazz need, but the thing is with Donovan Mitchell is he's the guy who's going to go and get you a bucket. Yeah. He's the guy who's like, oh, you think I can't do this? Oh, you think we can Watch me. And we need more of those guys. But speaking of to Donovan and Jamal specifically, um, young talent, mm -hmm. uh, the type of guys who are going to thrive in a bubble environment. Because then you, there's a lot of players that were like, oh, my mentality was drained. Like, it took me down. And I think Donovan Mitchell is the kind of guy who uses this kind of time to, like, hone in on all of his abilities and yeah. just breathe nothing but basketball. Yeah. And I think that um, we saw that. And I'm excited for the future with Donovan Mitchell because the Jazz have already voiced that they will max contract him. And if they have the means to supermax Rudy, then that means the future for the Jazz is those two guys. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure as hell confident in Donovan Mitchell. Um, I just need more offensively when it comes from Rudy. But yeah. um, I guess I keep straying away from the main topic is Jamal and Donovan. But I just get so passionate about the idea of building a franchise around Donovan Mitchell is great. But he can't just do it all. I mean, right. he did it all in the playoffs and he got tired as yeah, you should. it wasn't enough you know one one guy can't do it yeah and you saw it in jimmy butler too when he was competing in the finals i mean mm -hmm. he was limping off the stage because the guy was putting his whole heart and soul into it and yeah. how many games can you can you carry the team and that's how i feel gosh 85 percent of the time with the jazz is that donovan mitchell's carrying the team and um, sure, Jordan Clarkson can have a night when he's on, but who is going to be on? Who can I give the ball to in the final seconds of the game? And the answer is always Donovan Mitchell. So right. um, I respect and love his game and love what he has brought to the Jazz franchise and what he made the team look like in the playoffs. But uh, the Jazz have a problem on their hands, and the problem is, is that they only have 
a couple of stars and we need one more rising offensive player and a good defensive player. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. Honestly, uh, the Clarkson situation is very interesting. Uh, I kind of looked into the contract so that Nuggets, or I'm sorry, the Jazz rather have bird rights. Uh, and I had to look up a little bit of uh, what that means technically. Uh, so yeah. bird rights comes from Larry Bird. And um, so he was the first one to have bird rights. Basically, that means they can uh, go spend more money without falling into the luxury tax because they're keeping one of their own players. And so that's huge for the Jazz, being able to keep Clarkson, who is kind of that uh, second surge offense guy. And at times he kind of disappeared in the bubble, and then he definitely came back around during that series. But we're talking about, like, where where is he? Uh, But then also missing bogey. Definitely hurt. That's another guy who can give you a 20 on any given night and kind of a clutch shooter too. Uh, Make some real big buckets. Uh, But yeah, I kind of look at this team and uh, the franchise, I should say, because not just this team, but the different variations of the Utah Jazz going back the last couple decades. And they haven't had a home court advantage since 2007-2008. They were a five seed and they've done that a couple times. So they've come close but they can't really seem to get over that hump or really that close to that hump. Uh, So it does get interesting as we now approach the off season. Yeah, absolutely. And I forgot to mention Boyan Bogdanovich missing bogey was a key factor. I mean, the guy's a 41% three point shooter and (laughs) Oh my gosh. And, and, and if you look back, even on the, the season, the regular season before COVID, um, there were a couple buzzer beaters that came down to bogey. And that's the thing. And that's what's nice about Boyan is, you know, you've got your players who are into the fashion and into the NBA world and going to date celebrities and the drama and whatever. And Boyan Bogdanovich is just a Serbian guy who just wants to shoot. Just hoops. a Serbian guy. Yeah. Who just, a good wants, time. who just wants to shoot hoops. And we need that on the jazz because he comes in and he's just like, give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and he can do it and he can get the job done. So, so, so I'm excited for him to come back healthy. Um, gosh, I hope his shot is still the same. Something right. like wrist surgery really alters it. Um, Was it his shooting hand, do you know? or? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I have to assume so because after, after shots, he would kind of grab okay. um, his like forearm wrist area and kind of like shake it off a little. So I, I have to assume so. Um, and my and my my friend Gary Harris, he actually has a from the Nuggets. He has a messed up wrist that, um, in college, he showed me that his one hand like continues to go this way when it's supposed to stay straight. And he's like, "I'll never do anything to it, though." So wrists are definitely a serious uh, process. And but when we get Boyan back, that'll be huge. And in addition to Donovan, but again, I just want someone who's going to go and get us a bucket more consistently or just have a little bit of swagger to them. Like, I don't know, I guess Jordan Clarkson's that, but man, that guy was shooting bricks at some point. Yeah. And they're, I don't know, the roster construction is kind of weird. Cause like between Clarkson, Conley and Mitchell, you're doing fine at guard, you know, you're pretty yeah. rich, but then when it goes into that forward area, it's like you have, Two guys I would more consider small forwards, which I think makes sense with the style of play that the Jazz uh, have offensively. They kind of have more of a a four out, one in uh, 
I guess I would, you know, a motion offense. And so with the dribble and handoffs, that works with Bogey and Joe Ingles. But then it's like you don't really have much of a power forward with any teeth. And then after Rudy Gobert, it's just uh, Tony Bradley. Yeah. It's like a really nice backcourt, but the front court is like, I don't want to say it's bad because it's not, you know, because Rudy's an absolute stud. He is such a luxury to have for any team. And then you have two really good kind of combo forwards, but at the same time, it's a little shallow, as we saw, you know, without Bogdanovich, they – really didn't have that depth yeah and in addition to that uh mike conley is a huge topic because when you spend when you spend so many years um at a franchise like memphis and then you get switched over to the jazz you know you can't expect the guy to settle in when he's called somewhere home yeah for the last 10 years or however yeah. many years it was and um and we were acquired his contract from Memphis. Which is a huge contract. Huge contract. And the guy was injured for a majority of this season. Yeah. And um, and then he gets healthy during this COVID experience to kind of build up for the bubble. And then has a kid and has to leave the bubble. And we lose him for a game. And then when he does come back, I think he, sh- I think he, I think he shot like 12 threes or 10 threes or something. Oh, he was, was- balling. He shot yeah. 52.9 from three in the playoffs. Yeah. I was like, yeah. he finally showed up and sure enough, it was the best Mike Conley we've seen in jazz uniform. But now he- exactly. But here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's like a, a, an interesting point is Donovan Mitchell averaged 36 points per game. Yeah. Mike Conley averaged 19 points per game. He was the next highest leading scorer. Wow. So to go from 36 to Mike Conley's 19, can we have some, but I mean, I guess Boyan would be that middle road. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's so interesting because we're obviously, a con- and I say we, cause I work with them, but I'm not them, but they're obviously a contender in the West. And, but, but what's really going to make them like a quality contender is the ability to make a bucket happen for yourself not mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert needs the alley-oop you know like Royce O'Neal is too scared if he's in the if he doesn't have space like yeah Royce O'Neal's not gonna save you yeah like I just like and we just paid him we just paid him too and like Ooh. signed him a signed him I think it was a signed him like a five-year deal or something and I'm just like I'm confused where we're putting our chips so so yeah, so that's kind of what I have for that is is I'm impressed by the Jazz's performance, but we pay Mike Conley way too much money for him to to not be the dual dueling point guard dynamic duo that we wanted out of him and Donovan. Um, and how much more can a 23, I guess now 24 year old out of Donovan Mitchell carry this team? And he voiced, "I'm here for Utah. I'm going to do this for Utah." But um, sooner or later, the money runs out, and I could see Donovan Mitchell heading somewhere else where he could um, win because right now the Jazz struggle to build a consistent winning team. Well, they got a good piece to build around with Mitchell, as you mentioned. Uh, I kind of see – I mean, he's not this good, but uh, just style-wise, I see a lot of Wade and Jordan. Uh, really smooth jumper, unbelievable body control, kind of a slithery finisher. So much so. 
Yeah. So, so much so. It's so weird, too, because you're like, ah, that's not going to work. And then it's like, scoop, score, layup. And you're, you're like, oh, oh, it did. It did. And I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 100%. I feel that. I feel the, I feel the D Wade for sure. And the Michael. It's the, it's the, it's the, I get that you're a seven foot guy underneath the hoop, but like, watch me jump over you. Like, that's yeah. that mindset. So let's get into some free agents, but first I, I just want to uh, read off some interesting statistics I found. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, because I think it, it's very interesting when you look at the Utah Jazz. I think the first impression is like, this is an awesome defensive team, maybe not an elite uh, offensive team. Yeah, 100%. That's the, when the Jazz talk about their identity, they say that their identity is defense. And it and, definitely is. And it is, but sometimes I get a little frustrated because I'm like, is your identity defense because of Rudy Gobert? Like, where else is your power defense coming from? I don't know. I just get – sometimes I think that they hook on to specific players and, like, just throw all their, like, we are offensive because of Donovan. We are defensive because of Rudy. And I just want more of a collective. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what I came to realize is I think they're actually a little better offensively then I gave them credit for. So uh, they are a slow team. That is for sure. You know, they like to kind of grind it out. They're 24th in pace. Joe Ingles, George Niang. Let's go, boys. Yeah, yeah. So they like to, you know, use that shot clock, uh, which is why they're 18th in points per game, uh, 9th in points against. But that being said, they're 10th in offensive rating. And so just because they're slow doesn't mean they're not good. They're just kind of patient. Uh, whereas they're 13th in defensive rating. Uh, I thought this was very interesting is um, they're third in assists per game. And so that's what you're saying, like maybe somebody who can do more one-on-one. I don't think they necessarily want to, you know, betray that part of their identity, but I thought that was a telling stat and one we could kind of see in the bubble in particular. Uh, now, what was very interesting is they were first in the league in catch and shoot three point percentage at 41%. Wow. Now, they took the 25th most attempts in that category. Uh, so maybe you want to do that more. You know, it seemed like they were really doing the drive and dish well with Donovan Mitchell in the bubble. So I don't know if that reflects uh, those playoff statistics. But I do think it would be good for them to uh, just consider those things uh, when they are making their offseason de- decisions, which I'm sure they will. But I'll give you the floor. Who do you uh, – you said you have a, your eye on a few guys. Yeah, so this is just something that I was just kind of – I was just kind of like sitting here and I'm just like, okay, who's like a player – like who are a couple of players that are kind of like rotting away but like <laughs> – Rotting away. Like rotting away on another roster. Yeah. Where if they came to us – they would be utilized. So this is an interesting, I, I, I think Kelly Oubre. Ooh, interesting. From the Suns. Only because rising offensive player, quality defensive player. Yeah. And I think that he's not being used in, in full effect at the Suns. Um, I don't know how this works, but the Clippers obviously struggled this year. I say build on Kawhi, Paul George. If they might have to like even trade Rudy or something. I know, Paul right? George. I know, I know, I know. But I could see a Paul George type player because he's all defensive team. Yeah, he's all defensive team. We we that would add 
to the Jazz, and then he could go and he could get us a bucket, not what we saw in the playoffs there at the end there, but he could. If oh, he totally. On his uh, game. And then, um, and, and again, not that I think that this has happened. These are all just players that pop in my head where I'm like, you could work here. <laughs> um, is actually uh, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, take I, him. <laughs> I think I- – <laughs> No, Michael Porter Jr. is a hell of an offensive player. Uh, liability defensively, sometimes questionable decision-making. Uh, but Kevin Snyder, good coach. Yeah. Yeah, and then lastly, in a perfect world, if I could, and this goes back to rotting away on a roster, I'd love to have Bradley Beal come over to the Ooh. Jazz because I feel like you can't just keep dropping 50 pieces for the Wizards and not get anything for it. Come to the Jazz, you and Donovan Mitchell – Buckets galore. People would buy your jersey. This is me selling my pitch. I'm just like, come, come here because um, I don't. I, again, I don't know. This is this is all just me choosing these guys because of their abilities and what yeah, I think yeah. that they could bring to the Jazz. I'm not about to sit here and be like, well, he only has this much on his contract, and I I, I don't have that for you. But when it comes to what the Jazz need, they need a three, mm-hmm. and you need a rising offense who's not going to cost us too much money and good defensively. And those are my, those are my four guys. So, uh, okay. yeah, Michael Porter Jr. And Bradley Beal. And yeah. I mean, it would be very interesting. Uh, I think that the Nuggets um, are going to have to eventually make a decision on Porter because he got, he got a little upset, you know, with the yeah. lack of shots he was getting in the bubble. Uh, yeah. Sometimes he's a little vocal about things. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I do know that that can sometimes rub franchises the wrong way. Um, yep. When you say Especially those if things, you're the media the versus, kid. you know, keeping it in house. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of scouring through and there's another Denver nugget with a big uh, Utah jazz connection that I think could really help the team. Uh, and that would be, maybe it's time for a reunion with Paul Millsap. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. now he's not going to be a huge difference maker. This isn't the Paul Millsap that was like a star for the Utah Jazz, you know, 10 years ago. But this is a pretty good perimeter and post defender. Um, not nearly the player he used to be. I got to make that very clear. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But somebody who can play some backup big minutes, someone who's going to want to play for a contender, and someone who's not going to break the bank at this point in his career. So I thought maybe that could work. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for Utah in we'll see what they do. Uh, if they do make any trades or whatever, they made a lot of noise less. Yeah, season, they did. But they Remember don't the have a ton of money to spend, which makes it a little uh, interesting. Aaron Baines would be nice. That's a nice uh, rim protector. Someone who can also shoot the three, uh, but there's, Two people or three people who I'm I'm really high on. One's Millsap. Uh, the number one fit. I'm going two two one three. That makes no sense. Yeah, uh, all but, over the place over here. Yeah, my number one fit is another guy with big Salt Lake City roots. Let's see if we can play this game. Uh, oh boy! Oh boy! All right. He is not a very good defender. He's well, had some injuries. He's bounced around. He is a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Is it Favors? No. No, no. He his. is? Oh, I, uh, I, uh, is he white? No, no. 
He's from Illinois. <laughs> what? Went to Duke. Am I being dumb? No, this is this is quite the riddle. If if it was like 2012, everyone was talking about this guy, Jabari Parker. Oh my gosh, I've met Jabari Parker. That's oh, hilarious. Well, tell him, call Jabari, be like, Jabari, let's make things happen. So I was just He's thinking about it last night. Uh, I don't know what his price range would be because it's like weird. Is he going to try to command a bunch of money because he had a decent season but he's also kind of bounced around he's had these injuries um would he be willing to take a deal uh to play for a good team like that per 36 minutes last season he was 23 points and 10 rebounds and honestly i think it's a really good fit because you have a slashing uh power forward who is going to be able to Mostly be a mid-range shooter. I don't know what's going on with his jumper because at times it's been up to 38% in his career. And then this past season, it was only 25. And so I don't know what you're going to get from that. But uh, I think he would fit in a perimeter-centric system like the Jazz because uh, he would be able to slash uh, and beat guys one-on-one from the perimeter. Uh, He's a good passer. I've seen him. I've never met him. I've seen him play – a few times in high school and when he was at Simeon he was running point guard as a sophomore yeah. and so obviously that's not the NBA but this is a guy with guard skills yeah. uh, now the Bulls it, when he was on the Bulls he kind of got taken out of the rotation a few years ago and I actually found an article last night where he talked about wanting to play for the Utah Jazz Bring him in, baby we, yeah. got, the, we got the temple down the street he's got a home in Utah already you know, he does? He visits often. He likes it. I think it could be the perfect fit. Adam, I had no idea that he was LDS. I had no idea. That would be huge. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it, it, it's the organization, although, you know, they understand that they need to bring in all types of people. The main head of the jazz organization are within the church. And if you can bring in a guy who is going to play for your organization, but play passionately for what you guys also believe in. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's going to be a dynamic pairing. Yeah. And I think he'd be willing to maybe take a discount to go play somewhere where he wants to play and maybe stop bouncing around. Cause this guy, you know, just this past season was in Atlanta and then he was um, in Sacramento. Uh, I think that's where he's at now. Right. Yeah, and I'm rooting for him big time because I I always root for the Chicago guys, but this guy was the number one high school prospect in the country. There are talks about him being the number one overall pick for a couple years before uh, he was taken in the draft. I think he was taken like maybe number four or something like that. Uh, But I don't know. It just feels like it would be a really uh, kind of a hand-in-glove fit with what they need right now is someone who is more of a power forward behind uh, that Ingles Bogdanovich type area, but they can still remain a perimeter centric offense because he's good enough to shoot from the outside. And he's someone uh, like I mentioned, who can kind of slash and maybe that creates more opportunities on the drive and dish, which something that works well for Utah, according to stats. And I mean, he does add a little bit. I mean, six foot eight, that adds a little bit of height. We need, we need the height. Donovan Mitchell's only six one. Mike Conley is maybe six foot. Like, not, I mean, though they're point guards. Sorry, I, I shouldn't even be saying that. But, but even Joe Ingles is what, six six or six? 
we need a little bit more height. We've just got big Rudy man and we need, we need some, um, I don't know, intimidation, just like the scaring factor. Because Ooh, I got the next guy. You'll love that. Very okay. scary person. Yeah. Because, because again, and I, and I love this because Rudy Gobert always racks up um, or doesn't rack up stats because he makes a difference without earning stats. That big wingspan, he's a scary guy. And if we can get someone who can, who's nimble and who can move and has some size to him, um, I think would be such a great addition. So I love that. I love that one. That was Throw it up one. the ladder. Tell them, give them my number if they want me to uh, work in the front office. Okay. I have great ideas. All right. Of course. The best. Of course. Of course. Uh, so I got an idea for a backup center too. And I think this is pretty realistic, actually. Okay. Like, okay. I don't know if uh, he'd fit culturally is the thing. DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, gosh. What a buggy. Yeah, yeah. Quite the curveball. But, you know, that would provide them another rim protector, someone who can play the power forward or the center. And so you could go huge. If you're playing a team that's trying to go small – uh, you can provide some serious size advantages if you want to go Gobert and Cousins. Okay. And then uh, another really good passer, one of the better passing big men, uh, especially when he was playing with Mike Malone in uh, Sacramento. He was arguably the best passer in the NBA. Now he's probably not too close to the top of that list, but that I think says more about how other players have come in and gotten very good at that but he can pass from the high post he'd fit that um that offense that they're running there and he's just such a big body uh Rudy Gobert does such a good job with screen assists because he uses his you know wide shoulders so well and all that and I think that sometimes the Jazz seem to confuse their identity when he's not on the floor so much so everyone's like wait what where's dad we what do we do but if you have somebody like this who can kind of do some of those same things then maybe it uh makes your bench a little more cohesive uh with your starting five yeah i um the in a in a perfect world his skills and abilities and what he brings to a roster would be helpful on the court but I cannot see this guy living in Small Lake City. Yeah. It, it, yeah, that's, that's the only thing. It's like... The guy's used to joining a super team for one year. Just to, right? He did that? He joined the... Yeah, he, he was on the Warriors that one year. Yeah. Um, he was on the He's Lakers like for a, a day and a half this year or whatever. Yeah. Coming like, off an injury. That's like, why I think, like, if he doesn't have a lot of callers, maybe the Jazz have a chance. Be like, hey, yeah. man. You're 30, you haven't been an all-star in years, and you need us and the, as and much the, and, as we need you. And that's the pitch, is the pitch is, is you can be a somebody here. Because mm-hmm. you haven't been that in a minute. So yeah. do you want to come here and be that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the jazz is a small market when it comes to the NBA as a whole. Uh, like, I, I mean, I live right down the street from the arena, and it's just like – it's it's just crazy to have the arena right downtown because it's just so like that's our team like that's what we all focus on like the Jazz run this town and if he came here he'd be a star but um, small like city like I said yeah and he's got kind of a reputation of being a jerk let's yep be yep 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 and but that's the other thing is in the Jazz locker room 
And I know that there was drama during COVID and whatever, but from my experience of being in that jazz locker room, it's a good group of guys and we have fun. Like George Niang, obviously I've told you this funny guy, Joe Ingalls, a little bit of a a-hole, but also, (laughs) but also a funny guy, but also a funny guy. The, the, the camaraderie when Mike Conley's talking, Donovan's yelling in the background, okay, Mountain Mike, like, you know, you've got a friendship with this team and I would hate for a cancer to be placed into it and ruin the camaraderie. Um, Not that I can, I don't know these guys personally, so I can't like, like boogie in them and I can't just be like, oh, you're going to throw it off. But from the, from the vibe that I'm getting right now in the locker room, it's, it worries me that a player like him would come in and just be like, I'm the best, screw you guys, focus on, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And it's going to be interesting to see where his head's at, just because, like, unless he is completely delusional, he is not a star anymore. And he shouldn't be trying to command star money. Um, he was, frankly, a shell of himself in golden state and then he got hurt again and so he's got plenty of red flags and i think that he if i'm his agent i'm saying look demarcus sign a one-year deal maybe four or five million um like we'll see what we can get you but you need to gamble on yourself and have a good year and you can't be too picky right now and also, don't be a dick. Just basic rule of life, actually. Rule number one, don't be a dick. Yeah. It's pretty true. simple. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and that's another thing is, is, um, is the Jazz won't, at least from what, I'm, what I feel from their franchises, they won't put up with that. Yeah. Even if they need you, I feel like they won't put up with that just because, again, of the vibe in the yeah. locker room. Um, but if you bring in all these guys and we're going to see lots of changes to our, um, to our bench guys, uh, because right now we got six man, you know, George Yang, Jordan Clarkson, maybe Jordan Clarkson. What would he look like in a starting lineup? Yeah. Maybe bring him. Uh, well, I don't think you want to necessarily put Connolly or unless you go real small. Um, Cause you got Conley and uh, Joe Mitchell was starting. there, but well, Conley yeah, he, wasn't playing for half of the season. That's a good – yeah, true, true. So I, like, don't even really consider him – like, for me, it's like, oh, my – here's the – here's who's out this game, and, and it's always just, like, Conley out, and I just don't even consider – I know I can moving forward now that he's healthy again for the next season at least, whenever that is, which is so weird because I got a notification yesterday on my, um, like, little throwback app that I tweeted a year ago, the NBA is back, baby, yeah. and – a year ago yesterday and we're sitting here with no season yeah right now um which is just so weird and uh from insiders i can tell you guys this um it's might not even look like january like they're struggling to figure out when to come back i'm seeing so many reports like i just saw a report uh a couple days ago that said martin luther king day I saw one today that said, still trying for Christmas. I don't think anyone knows. You know what I mean? Nobody knows. I feel like everyone's like, even these like super important deciders, they pretend they know, but no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. No one knows. And and also, how do you do it? How do you bring fans back? Because you need the concessions, you need the merchandise, you need the ticket sales. How do you bring that back safely? 
and how do you travel from from franchise to yeah, franchise? How do you do, do that? Bubble again? There's so many logistics. There's no way they're doing a bubble again. I from from players that I've spoken to, it was miserable being in a bubble for being in a Disney bubble for that okay. long. Uh, my buddy, me. yeah, my buddy was a, is a beat writer for the Jazz and um got to be in the bubble with them. And while in the bubble kind of became the package deliverer and also like the food picker upper, but also like the beat writer. And he like was doing everything because you can't bring in too many people. And I met him for a beer the other day. His name's Aaron Falk. He's a writer. And he was like, 57 days in a Disney bubble is not what anyone wants to do ever. And that's oh only, goodness. that's only a first round. That's a first round team that got eliminated. Yeah. 57 days. Oof. In a, no one can come in and you can't go out. Oh my gosh. I can't. I. It, it honestly sounds like the premise of a horror movie. Yeah, it does. Stuck in an amusement. You're like, oh, Disney World. Awesome. And then you're like, wait, we can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't bring in your girlfriend and you can't. And if you do, you get in trouble. It's At least so... there's no lines, you know. No lines, no lines. But it's a long, um. It's a long time. So, so I, I don't think that there will be a bubble. Um, my friend, Kristen Kenny is the sideline reporter for the Utah jazz. And she's like, Andrea, I don't even know if I have a job coming wow. up because, because we just, one, we don't know when the season's returning. And then two, like, is the sideline going to exist with COVID? Yeah. Because the idea of walking up and down the sideline, like they try to minimize that. Um, so there's a lot of questions up in the air and, and in a perfect world, I think we'd already be back at basketball as if, as if COVID never happened. But here we do have to say this though, cause we haven't talked since the NBA's wrapped up zero positive confirmed cases. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I really truly do like Adam Silver as a For president. Yeah. Honestly, 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 I was, um, I have my opinions on commissioners across all leagues, but almost always I'm happy with Adam Silver. And He's the his, best. Yep. And his abilities to listen and then take action. Yeah. And we the first it. thing he did was kick out Donald Sterling. Yep. Make this man the president. Yeah. Like, oh, he hates yep. racists yep. and he knows how to stop COVID. Yep. Oh, you just saved America. Thank yep. you, Adam Silver. Oh, my God. It's so weird, too, because he's just such a big dork. Like, when he reads the picks in the draft, I'm always like, I can't even see you, like, being like, here's my business and here's yeah. my executive decision because he's just such a dork. But He looks like C-3PO, honestly. Yeah, he so does. <laughs> he so does. But, but you got you to gotta give it to him. It worked. Um, so I give, I give them mad props i guess recognition um also nba finals i don't know if you know this but jimmy butler is my favorite player there you go um i have a signed photo of jimmy butler when he played for the bulls oh hell yeah okay. yeah and uh just because back then that was that's my player he's my player as a fan i at this point in my life i've looked i look at everybody almost as like a pawn like, I'm like, oh, your body isn't big enough for the position that you play. And we're going to have a problem here. Oh, you're not, putting <laughs> up a, you're not putting up enough points and we're going to need you to do this. And like, I'm starting to look at them all as statistics. and Yeah, like, how would you fit within the rotation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but with Jimmy, I'm just a fan of the guy. I'm a fan of his um, hard nose attitude. Oh, yeah. And I'm a fan of... It's refreshing. 
you the, know? The, I'm going to go get you a bucket attitude yeah. and, 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 and I'm going to lose to you, but I'm still going to like fight you. Like I, yeah. I love what Jimmy Butler entails and I'm proud of the Miami Heat. Cause I love Jay Crowder too, former jazz and love. Sounds him. like you just love Marquette. Wow. Weird. Uh, I did not connect those dots. Do you want I, Wesley Matthews back on the jazz too? Cause <laughs> you know, <laughs> weird 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 um yeah they were college teammates that is so weird okay that makes sense now well well i like jay because of his jazz history because from when i talk to media people around here i guess he was just awesome as a human awesome and um he'd be a great fit if they could somehow bring him back yeah right, yeah well, we got rid we got rid of him so it's just like it's like it's like, do you want me back? I don't know. It's it's almost like, why would I go back to you after you got rid of me? Like, yeah, yeah. If you had the choice, I would be a little bitter if I was him. Yeah, totally. But that's another history lesson. But um, but I just wanted to give Jimmy Butler a shout out because we knew it was the Lakers' year. We knew it was LeBron's year. Mm-hmm. It was happening, especially following Kobe's death and you know, kind of just uh, bringing something back to LA. Um, I get it, and you know, LeBron James, he doesn't. He doesn't not make a team a championship team after being on them for a couple of years to look at Cleveland, look at Lakers. Yeah. Um, but I just have to give a, a shout out to Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat because I think they did a hell of a job giving the Lakers a run for their money. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's weird because like I'm a big Bulls fan, obviously. And then the Nuggets are like my second favorite team. Yeah. And those both have to do with where I have lived or where I live. Yeah. Um, or like where my family lives, whatever. Uh, I digress. But anything after those top two, who I like, it's not going to be the Knicks. But other than that, it could be anyone. <laughs> and all it has to do <laughs> with is style. Yeah, and so, style uh, for example, I you know, fell in love with the Steve Kerr Warriors the second, you know, uh, Steve Kerr got there because of how fun their offense was, how well they passed the ball, uh, the excitement of, you know, Clay and Jimmy. And so you can have something like that. With the Heat, it was, I fell in love with the grit, the tenacity, uh, the the young guns with, yeah. I mean, what, uh, what Calipari Hero. said about uh, Tyler Hero, he Tyler, has elephant yes. balls. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, yes. And he does, you know? Love, uh, love. Like, I love Bam out of bio. They just have yep. such a fun team. And Jimmy Butler, man, I've, like, been kind of all over the place with him because I was a little turned off at the end when he was on the Bulls. But now, in hindsight, I understand the dysfunction wasn't Jimmy Butler. The dysfunction was Jim Boylan, Fred Hoiberg, yep. uh, you know, Gar Pax. That whole situation was toxic, and Jimmy Butler, he's just going to hold people accountable. He just wants yes. to win, and yes. so he got. And they don't want that. They don't want that. They don't want that guy in their franchise. They're like, yeah. hey, shut up. Hey, don't be mean to your <laughs> classmates. And Jimmy's like, I just want to win, guys. Come on, yep. like, can we? You know, he's going to call people out. He's going to uh, – that's kind of his style of leadership. And so, I personally, I think that's refreshing. I think that the whole world's gone soft and that uh, sometimes holding people accountable is a good thing, believe it or not. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's, it's interesting because Jimmy did 
hop around essentially. And, and, and the articles were coming out with Jimmy's attitude and Jimmy's this and, and, and I think it's that hard nosed attitude that the heat were like, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Um, although I do think that if this was the playoffs before the bubble, maybe the heat wouldn't have been that team there. Maybe it would have been the Celtics or maybe it yeah. would have been, you know, yeah, it else. seems like it kind of favored them because as we saw, you know, tying it all the way back to Conley and Mitchell, who shot over 50% from three, shooters shot well in the bubble. Yeah. And so the Heat, a team that, much like the Jazz, are going to try to spread you out and shoot, it's yep. going to favor them. Yep, yep, yep. And speaking of, and speaking of spreading out, we talked about I think I've told you this before in a podcast that the jazz, um, they call it jazz basketball when they have those plays where they just pass the ball along the perimeter to like five, six, seven guys and just like pass, 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 pass. And then finally that shot falls. Um, So that kind of reminds me of what we saw a lot in the bubble was people utilizing um, the long range shot. And I've, I've made up this stat for myself that, or not really for myself, but just, this is something I say that if the Jazz want to win a game, they have to make 15 threes. Okay. If you look back at the win, winning games, there's 15 threes on the board. Interesting. I'm going to have to do a deep dive into those stats. Every time. So me and my boss, anytime the Jazz are playing, we're like, all right, Jazz, get us those threes because that's, that's, how, we, that's how we win games. The long-range yeah. shot needs to be utilized with any team. I just take it back to the jazz because that's what my whole life focuses on. But the long range shot needs to be utilized because it just, uh, it leads to winning games so much. So. So to wrap things up. Yeah. The jazz winning games next year. What does that mean uh, for the off season now? Like what, what has to happen? I know we kind of touched on some of the stuff free agency wise, but uh, even if we're rehashing a little bit, just to put a nice cherry on top here, what do the Jazz need to do to um, get that home court advantage for the first time in, what, 12, 13 years? Um, I think that we need size. We need um, confidence or swagger. Like, we, we, need a, we need to be bigger and we need to play bigger. And those go, those go hand in hand. And we've got small guys who can play big, but I want big guys who can play big. I, I just want, I want um, change. I really do. I really do. And not that I'm sitting here and, and tearing apart the entire Utah Jazz roster. I, I like these guys as human beings. But if we're really going to talk about a contending team in the West, we need change. And that is size and um, just confidence and the ability to make something happen for yourself. And that's what the Jazz need to win games. You think keep Gobert? Well, if I had to choose between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, I think you keep Donovan Mitchell over Rudy Gobert. But the truth is, is the Jazz have the means to pay Rudy. Mm-hmm. And the guy does a lot for us. Yeah. Defensively. I don't think, if, if I'm a Jazz fan, I want him staying. Yeah, he's not, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, okay. I don't think that he, I think that we could also probably save money and get a decent, def- get a good defensive player who can maybe um, uh, do more offensively than Rudy Gobert, but 
But Rudy is, um, he's a part of Utah. I think he's been here for eight seasons, eight or nine seasons. Sounds about um, right. He's, he's, a, he's a part of this. And I don't think he even said he doesn't want to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, they could just be saying that in a press conference. You never really know. But with Rudy, uh, this has been his home, you know, France and Utah. So I don't see him going anywhere uh, anytime soon. Awesome. Well, anything else you want to add? No, honestly, no. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else about the Jazz? Anything else about the finals? Yeah, I think we were pretty thorough. (laughs) We will. We really touched upon it all. We really gave a lot of a good addition. I mean, I'm a little biased because it's myself talking, but uh, I thought we did a pretty dang good job. Well, it was always, or it was fun having you on. It's always fun having you on. Uh, Hoopstradamus and uh, we knew that we were going to have to talk again uh, when the last one wrapped up so this was a good one Uh, maybe we can uh, get into some sort of season preview in a a few weeks or not a few weeks whenever that time comes yeah I'm like whoa whoa, whoa, we don't even know when that season is no yeah when that comes around there usually is a jazz media day I have no idea how this works I used to go in person and do that probably do it over zoom now which is just snooze Um, but anything I hear I will let you know, and uh, we can always just stay up to date. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, special shout out to Evan Buttress for making our uh, logo. Check out his work at the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. And our buddy, uh, did you know Brian Fogarty made our game show music? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Our game show, The Full Court Trap. Brian Fogarty in his uh, band, well, I guess his one-man band, These Are Shapes. He, he mixed our... Uh, like super 80s vibes game show music so you haven't listened to the full court trap uh give that a shot super fun thank you for uh for doing that brian and check out his stuff uh these are shapes they are also on uh, social media so anyway andrea thank you so much for hopping on we'll see all you guys next time see ya